Hi, welcome back to another episode of Cycling Talk Podcast with me, George Mahoney. Today I'm joined by Swiss track cyclist and road rider Claudio Imhoff. Thank you so much to Claudio for being on and for doing the interview in English. We had an awesome chat and Claudio was so open with his experiences. More episodes of Cycling Talk Podcast are available wherever you get your podcasts. And I would love it if you would go follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and the GCN app. Hope you enjoy listening. Thank you for joining me today, Claudio. Nice to meet you. Thank you. What's your first memory of being on a bike? It was when I was like three or four years old. I got a, a bike from my older cousin. She was like three or four years old, older. And uh, yeah, this was the first time I was uh, moving on the bike. And uh, it was uh, love at first sight, I guess, <laughs> even if I don't really remember. But uh, I'm still on a bike. So. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the first bike you remember being really excited about? It was definitely the first uh, racing bike I I got from my father. Uh, it was a racing bike uh, he bought when he himself was uh, still like 20 years old. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was never ridden for about uh, 20 years. And then I started uh, riding with it. Uh, but I remember the first time I went for a ride I crashed like uh, 300 meters uh, <laughs> from my home and I had to renew the tires <laughs> but after that uh, it it worked well. Were you part of a local club? Uh, yes I joined a local club after I uh, saw uh, another yeah boy was a little bit older than myself in the newspaper he lived mm. uh, yeah, the, the village next to mine. And uh, yeah, one afternoon I I went to him and asked if he could help me to join a club. And then yeah, like two or three days later, I went went the first time in the training with the club. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. And I'm in a club. <laughs> what was your first race like and how did you get into racing? Uh, that was actually a club racing from from the club I joined. They had races every uh, Tuesday evening during the summer, mm. and uh, I I could win my first race, but not because I was the strongest, because I was the youngest. We had like handicap starts, could uh, start like five minutes in front of uh, all the older guys and. Mm. I managed uh, to stay in front just a little bit until the end. And <laughs> yeah, so it was, was nice to to start with the win. But uh, yeah, it was getting tougher afterwards. <laughs> Can you tell me what sort of training and riding you did when you were growing up? I did lots of ball sports like you do in school in in my village, we all, always played lots of hockey mm. or football. But uh, yeah, the cycling training I always did 
for my own. And uh, yeah, I think I have a lot more talent in uh, endurance sports than in ball sports. And uh, I, I found, found the right sport for myself. What was your first national race like? I was surprised about the level because I only knew this local cycling club races. And yeah, I, I was placed somewhere in the middle of the of the field. And I also remember that there was a, a girl beating me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this yeah, back then uh, I asked myself, uh, huh, I need to to train a little bit more to, <laughs> to not uh, getting beaten by, by the girls. Can you talk to me a bit more about life growing up in Switzerland? Uh, it was uh, typically Swiss village where I grew up uh, between cow farms and apple trees. Uh, we have like 500 uh, habitants in my village. so everyone knew everyone so uh, yeah it was always nice also with the other kids uh, we were always outside and yeah we we didn't have a computer or something like that so it was yeah really growing up in nature which mm -hmm. i i think was really really nice how many languages do you speak and did you learn them at school or through cycling? Uh, yeah, if <laughs> don't know how to, to, to count, uh, yeah, I, I speak a little bit of English. We had English in school, but uh, I think I learned more uh, due to cycling. Mm. Uh, same is with French. We had like six years French in school uh but uh after school i or after my studies i went to france for uh, one year to join a team over there and uh yeah that was the the time i learned the most because nobody of the other writers were speaking uh, no english or german so yeah. i was really i really had to learn it to to uh communicate with the other riders and stuff mm. and i i understand a little bit of uh, italian because uh, we also have an italian part in switzerland mm. and also a bit of uh, dutch because uh, yeah from all the six-day racing you always mm. hear the commentator and yeah after one or two weeks uh, you can quite understand a lot what was the first team that you were a part of? The first team, I think, was the under-17 Swiss cycling team. Uh, I don't know if it's still like that, that but, but back then we had like a national team from all the disciplines together, like from cyclocross, track, road and mountain bike. Mm. And yeah, in every camp we had we tried uh, yeah other disciplines and uh, that was really cool and yeah we could, could learn a lot from each other and I think that was a very good opportunity also to yeah 
to getting known to the other disciplines and uh, yeah i never did mountain biking before but uh, mm -hmm. i first did it in a camp with the under 17 national team and uh, i really enjoyed it what was your first international race my first international race was a stage race for under 17 guys in luxembourg I think it was three stages and yeah, we were also a little bit surprised about the high level mm. because uh, yeah, in Switzerland, we didn't have those big pelotons. Uh, so we, we didn't really know how to move up in a bunch or how to, to position yourself because we were coming like from a, a bunch of 20 riders into a bunch of 140 riders. So it was pretty new and uh, yeah, but we, we enjoyed it. How did you feel when you had your first national win? It was uh, really amazing. I remember it was a, a really cold day in early March. It was uh, yeah, in pouring rain, like three or four mm -hmm. degrees. And I could win the race solo. I still know that I have three minutes and 41 seconds advantage yeah. on the on the on the second and uh, yeah I was always cool and it was cold and and wet does doesn't didn't bother me and uh, yeah also this win made me hungry for more and uh, mm. yeah I always try to escape in the following races but then the, the other riders knew what I'm capable of and mm. it wasn't that easy to repeat that. <laughs> As a junior in 2008 you did the road and track worlds and then the track European championships. It must have been a big year for you. Yeah this, it was a, a really big year because I had a my exams at school in the same year it was really stressful sometimes I don't know how how I managed to yeah to to do all these things together uh, yeah we had a junior world championships in South Africa so it was really exciting for us my very first long haul flight and mm. yeah we first has, had the track events and then the road events the week later so we spent like two and a half weeks uh, away from home. Uh, it was really the, the first, first time I was away for so long from home. Mm. But we came home with the medal, so it was, it was really great. <laughs> How did you find being away from home? Uh, honestly, when I was young, I was always excited to, to go go away from home but uh, yeah now when I'm getting older I really like to go home again between the races because uh, yeah I I know what I have at home and I really I can really recover at home I enjoy yeah my, my country for example today Yesterday I came back from the training camp. Today I went skiing in the morning. It was, yeah, it was not for training, it was for fun. And I really enjoy yeah, 
opportunities like this we have in Switzerland. You got a DNF in the road race at that year's World Champs, but you finished the individual time trial. What was your first road world experience like? It was uh, quite hard because we had the, the track events the week before, so uh, mm-hmm. we could feel that we we hadn't yeah the right amount of training mm-hmm. down on the road to be really competitive in the in the road race. But uh, yeah, we tried our best uh, and. Yeah, the time trial wasn't that good that day. And uh, also in the road race, I did a DNF because I crashed early in the race and uh, I had no chance to, to go back. Yeah. Mm. Just a little bit disappointed, but uh, yeah. You also did the Junior Paris-Roubaix. What was that like? That was a hell of a ride because we didn't have the the right uh, tires <laughs> I came yeah with normal road tires and like on the second cobblestone sections I had the punctures and uh, then the replacement wheels from the national teams they had even worse tires on me I remember back then we had 19 millimeter tires and yeah when we changed the wheel I continued for like 300 meters and I punctured again and yeah at the end I finished the race in the how you say the broom wagon what do you remember about the weather that day it was dry and dusty so (laughs) wasn't wasn't uh, raining or muddy In the track heroes, you took a ninth in the 3K pursuit and a fourth in the points race. And then you became junior European champion in the scratch race. What did it mean to you to win that? Uh, That was a really great achievement for me. Uh, I remember I was really angry about myself after the points race because I missed out a medal for just one point. And then I I knew I I was in shape and I said Mm. to myself, I really need to try something in the scratch race. And I attacked like four and a half laps to go and I could stay in the front of of the peloton until the end with like 10 meters of advantage of the others could cross the finish line solo and uh, yeah still still have a a big picture of uh, this victory at home in my my room and still motivates me Mm. like 14 years later (laughs) at the track worlds as you mentioned you took a bronze and that was in the madison how did you feel about transitioning up to the under 23 category after such great results as a junior? Uh, I think it was really difficult for me because uh, uh, when we were juniors in Switzerland, they were always saying, uh, don't train too much, take it easy. 
we, we don't had a training plan or something. We just uh, wrote for fun. And then when you go over to under 23s and you have to race against uh, riders from all over the world, uh, we could feel that we had a little bit of, uh, you say, a lack of training or lack mm -hmm. of experience also. And it was really difficult the, the first first years to to join the level of the, mm. the older under 23 guys. How did you find your first season as an under 23 rider on the track? And what were some of your highs and lows of that season? My first under 23 season started really excited together with a friend of mine. Sylvain Dillier is nowadays a professional at Alpetine Phoenix and reigning Swiss champion on the road. Mm -hmm. uh, together with him, I moved to France. And yeah, we were really excited to, to get this opportunity. But uh, yeah, in the end, uh, it was, was a bad year for us because, mm -hmm. yeah, we came from Switzerland and then from one day on the other, we had to train like twice the, the amount of what we trained before and uh, mm. yeah, in the first three four months we did really big uh, progression but then uh, our bodies started to yeah to struggle and mm. I never really recovered from this I lost a lot of weight back then and uh, yeah it was yeah <laughs> now I can say it was the wasn't the right decision to go to France but uh, yeah maybe it also had uh, some good parts and I learned a lot. Was that hard to keep going at that time? Yeah it was sometimes it was really frustrating because my my mind wanted to ride to compete but uh, my body wasn't ready so mm. <laughs> I really had to be patient and uh, it was, was hard back then too to accept, to, to let your body recover. and mm. How did you develop as a rider in your time as an under 23? Yeah, as, as I said, uh, first one, two years were, were really not so progressing for me. Uh, it was, yeah, in the end of my under 23 uh, time where I started to to progress again as I wanted and yeah it uh, went quite too fast or passed too fast uh, under 23 times so I couldn't race a lot of races uh, which I would have liked to to compete in for example I never did uh, Paris-Roubaix for under 23 yeah yeah so <laughs> I missed a lot but yeah mm. Can you tell me about the national service that you did? Ah, yeah. In Switzerland, we have to do national service or every, everyone has to do it. And uh, normally it's 23 weeks. The first five weeks of our service, we had to do like uh, all the other guys, like in a caserne, we had to learn how to shoot and mm. uh, to do drills and yeah being 
being awake during night doing uh, walks of like 30 kilometers mm-hmm. and then the second part the second 18 weeks we could uh, we could train in the afternoon at least in the morning we had some some school about military about nutrition about training but uh, it's a really great opportunity we have in Switzerland and uh, still now I can do 100 days of military service per year which are paid so for me this is a yeah a big thing one of my biggest sponsors and uh, yeah always when we are on on tour with the national team it mostly counts as national service so for example at worlds last year i was in military service so those days counted as a service that's actually really cool (laughs) in 2015 you had some good results including a third at the european championships in the madison how did you discover which events on the track you wanted to focus on more? Uh, it started when I was junior. I, I really liked the medicine and uh, we did medicine in like almost every training on the track. So we were very familiar with this uh, discipline. But then later on, like in 2016, 2017, I discovered a little bit more the individual pursuit for me because I, I never really did some individual pursuit before. And mm. back then we got a new coach from New Zealand and uh, he really saw potential in me to to work more on the individual pursuit and uh, I did yeah big progress uh, already after one two months of training Mm -hmm. and since then I really like a pursuit race but uh, yeah in general I I love all the endurance of events on on the track Mm -hmm. I couldn't uh, pick one which uh, I like the most. Did you have to try a lot of different events throughout the years to discover which ones worked for you best? Uh, over the years, uh, uh, we, yeah, we competed in, at all the World Cups and we always looked at every rider could uh, experience or could uh, make experiences in all the disciplines so uh, yeah we we swapped a lot between riders between disciplines so we could really try all the disciplines and Mm. get or see where we are the best my first experience of watching track was at the 2016 track world championships In London, you were there and you had some strong results, including another third in the Madison. Tell me about your time there. Uh, This was one of the most excited uh, track races I experienced. 
because uh, yeah, it was every day full house in London, and I I like the British uh, spectators because they don't don't only uh, support their own riders, they also make noise for for the other riders, and uh, it was really great to yeah to win a medal in in front of of this uh, big crowd in London. The following year you did a couple of World Cups in the UK and you also did one in Poland where you came third in the Omnium. The World Champs that year were held in Hong Kong and you took a top 10 finish in every event that you did. What was your season like and how has it been traveling all over the world for races for so many years? 2017 was a, a really big year for us, mm. especially in team pursuit. We did a lot of progress. We could step up a little bit to the uh, yeah to the better nations as GV or, mm. or Australia, and uh, yeah, it was. It was cool, all the the World Cups. I remember we had like three World Cups and European Championships uh, in two months. So we really traveled from one race to the next. And uh, yeah, I, I really like to, to go from one race to the other. Mm. Uh, and also when the atmosphere is great within the team, uh, it's a lot of fun. You did the European Champs road race again in 2018. How were you balancing road and track? I know that track was your priority. Yeah, the the track was the main goal at the Euros in Glasgow. And uh, I did some good road races before the the European Championships. So I got the selections from the road coach from Switzerland. But uh, I, I couldn't really prepare this race because I was already yeah, in Glasgow for the track events, which were uh, before the road events. And yeah, I could win two medals on the track. And then so the, the road was a little bit of a bonus for me. But mm. uh, yeah, I was really motivated to, to show also to the coach and to the other riders which which weren't nominated from Switzerland that uh, I was ready for this road race. Remember it was raining all day in a city circuit in in Glasgow and it was really tough. I think we only had like 35 riders in the finish. Yes, I just remember that I was very proud uh, being one of those uh, 30 riders mm. left at the end uh, and yeah it felt great to survive that I survived survived the day like this uh, over six hours on the roads of Glasgow. In 2019 you did the Tour de Suisse for the first time. What was this experience like and how did it feel racing with home crowds? It was really one of my, my biggest moments mm. until now in road racing because, yeah, we, we were 
competing in a big road tour event with uh, our Swiss jerseys. So all the spectators at the, the side of the road, they, they could see that we are Swiss, even yeah. though the people, they don't really follow cycling. So we had really a huge support from, mm -hmm. from all the spectators. And uh, it was really great because uh, on the second stage, I could uh, do a solo attack and I... Mm -hmm rode into the KOM jersey, which I could uh, uh, hold for six days. So I could wow. go to to ceremonies uh, every day, which was really great. You had two World Cup wins that year on the track. In January World Cup in Australia, you won the Omnium and your team got third in the team pursuit. And then you took the team pursuit win in December at another Australian World Cup. Does taking a win at the start of the new year give you confidence for the rest of the season? And what were those races like? Yeah, it was really a, a dream to start mm. into a new year with a World Cup victory in the Omnium. And also, uh, yeah, I, I knew that I was able to win such big races. Mm gave me a lot more confidence for the following races and yeah to, to top up the the year 2019 with a, another world cup win with the team pursuit where we only the fifth team uh, riding under three minutes 50 uh, was was really a big moment for mm. all of us and uh, it was really a perfect race and still now sometimes i yeah i have this race in my head and it motivates me <laughs> so as we've just spoken about you took a world cup win in the team pursuit can you talk to me about the team dynamic and how as a team you built your strength to take that win uh, it's it's a uh, hard to describe the feeling when you are in a team pursuit team where all the four riders are in top shape you ride a smooth line the pacing is well and uh, that was the case back then uh, where we could uh, win the world cup and uh, it's really yeah some qualities you 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 train for and uh, i think the the technique we had back then was one one of our strengths we we knew each other really good and uh, we could also handle the pressure in the in the big final and uh, yeah that was a really great achievement at the start of 2020 you had the World Championships in Berlin. How did that go? This was the, the last race before COVID. Mm. I remember, uh, yeah, like one week before everything was getting closed. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was, was a big event with a lot of spectators. And uh, yeah, it was, was a great atmosphere. And uh, yeah. We, we should have enjoyed it uh, even more if we, we knew already that it would 
be the, the last one for a while. Did you realise at that point that there wasn't going to be much racing that year? Mm, not at the Worlds, but uh, like two or three weeks later, I I was yeah I was realizing that uh, it wasn't going on as normal, and I was never that optimistic like other others, uh, and I never thought that we would would. Uh, race like in one or two months time and yeah but now we are back that's good (laughs) (laughs) when the world went into lockdown how did you stay motivated with no racing Uh, it was funny no not funny but uh, when when we went into lockdown I got some serious knee knee issues Mm -hmm. Uh, which ended up in a surgery so yeah I was uh, I wasn't bored I I did my surgery I did a good rehab and uh, I was back when the first races uh, started started again in July or August so (laughs) for me it was yeah the the perfect moment to to have an issue like this and yeah, I could also work on weaknesses like uh, in the gym or, mm. yeah, could work a lot on such things. How did your recovery go after that surgery? It went pretty good. I was back on the bike like 10 days after surgery and uh, it did a uh, big progresses. And mm. I think I could train normally like three weeks after surgery and I could do a proper build up then and Mm. yeah I think uh, if I look back now it was was a good solution. (laughs) So you managed to get in some racing at the end of 2020 and you also did an hour record attempt. Talk to me about the planning that went into your attempt and the attempt itself. The hour record, Swiss hour record attempt was really uh, spontaneous. Or oh, we we mm. planned it like ten or fourteen days before because wow. we had no races, and uh, I was motivated to to do yeah something special. And uh, I asked the guys from Swiss Cycling if we could realize a project like this. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, was really cool to, to uh, yeah, got this experience to ride one hour, one hour in, in circles. And uh, yeah, I think I would do it again. <laughs> I can't believe you managed to organize that so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> You broke the Swiss hour record and you also had a distance that meant you were at the time sixth fastest. Did you achieve what you wanted to? I didn't really have uh, a distance in mind before the mm-hmm. attempt because, yeah, it was, was all new for me, for me. I never did an hour in training before. I did once I did 30 minutes and once I did 40 minutes. But uh, yeah, all the the riders from like Eddie Merckx and 
and other riders they they did an hour attempt they always said oh it will will be very very hard in the last 20 or 15 minutes so i had a, a lot of respect from this and uh, i hold back maybe a little bit too much so i could really accelerate on the last 15 minutes and uh, yeah maybe next time i try i should go a little little bit quicker in the beginning and to not be able to to uh, accelerate uh, say as much as i did in my attempt but uh, i think if i could uh, if i could wish to to uh, accelerate at the end or to to die at the end i would still uh, do it like with a negative split that's less hard for the head do you think you'd ever try to do another attempt yes i think i one one day i would would try to to do another attempt mm. uh, also with all the experience i got from the first attempt uh, i'm sure i'm able to go a little bit further how did COVID and the restrictions involved over the last 18 months change the atmosphere on the track? Mm, it's a lot, lot less busy on the track. Uh, yeah, in 2020, the track was closed for like mm. two months. We never had the opportunity to ride on it. But yeah, back in now is uh, we can train almost as we did before just uh, with all the face masks and mm. social uh, distancing when you're not on the track but uh, I prefer to do it like this than uh, have no track available. <laughs> is it quiet at the World Cups when you had no crowd? Yeah, I prefer to race uh, in front of a of a good crowd. It's, mm. You don't have the feeling that you're in a race and, and the velodrome is empty. You don't mm. don't really like it. So I'm happy that uh, we have the the crowd mm. back. Tell me about your disappointment when you found out that you weren't selected to do the 2020 Tokyo Olympics at the start of 2021 i still can't believe it today so it's uh it's always difficult to to talk about this but uh yeah it was a a big big shock for myself mm -hmm. because uh yeah i was always yeah one of the strongest or, or the strongest in in the team pursuit squad so uh yeah it still makes me sad that I, I didn't got picked, but uh, I could uh, could uh, turn my disappointing in motivation, and I think I gave a good uh, answer last year with uh, with my second part of the season with the medals at European Championships and also some good performances at World Championships. You did the Tour de Suisse again and the Tour de Romandie for the second time. What were your highlights from last year's road season? 
yeah definitely those two races because it's yeah really on the big stage and yeah i was able to bring myself in a good shape for tour de swiss and uh, i was in the breakaway uh, three times uh, so i could really show myself and uh, yeah it's it's just great to 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 race tour de swiss as a swiss in front of the home crowd mm -hmm. so i hope uh, that i can ride uh, this race again this year you won the Swiss individual time trial championships. Do you prefer time trials to road races? Mm, not really. I, I, I prefer. I don't really like uh, doing time trials on the road because uh, I'm so used to my pursuit bike on the on the track with a very aggressive and aerodynamic position which i cannot ride on the on the road because if i would ride in the same position i i couldn't see anything so mm. it's i i never feel quite comfortable on on time trials on the on the road but uh yeah if the shape is good i enjoy a good time trial mm. You had some great results at the Track World Cup in Russia with two fourths and a third in the Omnium. Was this the first World Cup back since COVID? Uh, yes, it was uh, the first World Cup and also one of the first yeah, big races after COVID on the road. We had the uh, European Championships in November 2020, but that was in Bulgaria without one spectator. So mm. that wasn't really the same. So uh, the Russian World Cup was, was the, the first, first race after COVID with the spectators. <laughs> you had an incredible European Championships with a second in the team pursuit, a third in the individual pursuit and a 10th in the Madison. The event was held in Switzerland. What was the whole experience like and how did it feel to have the European Championships in your home country? Yeah, you get so motivated uh, when you know that uh, you can compete, compete against uh, all the other riders from Europe on your home track in front of your friends and family and that's that's really a booster and uh, I knew from 2015 when we last time had the European Championships in Grenzen in Switzerland that uh, it, it can be a great event and uh, I really worked hard towards this goal and uh, I'm really happy that I was uh, yeah, in, in, in the best possible shape for, for this home Europeans. And uh, yeah, to, to win two medals was, was really special. Mm -hmm. Also after my non-selection, it was uh, really great to show what I can. And then the world champs were held 
in the Roubaix uh, Indoor Velodrome in France. Uh, I know that you just missed out on a podium in the individual pursuit. What was last year's World Champs like? It was, was also a big event. I went there with a lot of confidence from the European Championships mm. and I tried to, to keep up my, my form. So, uh, yeah, we had also a good race with the team pursuit. We, we got we got fifth place in the end. We just missed the uh, small finals for 0.3 of a second. So we knew that uh, we were, yeah, we, we weren't that bad. And then, yeah, the day after I was able to do another good performance in the individual pursuit uh, where I qualified for the for the small final against uh, Filippo Ganna. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tried to uh, break a world record in that heat and I, I didn't really realize that uh, he started very fast. So uh, he catched me after two Ks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which I was a little bit sad about because I could, couldn't finish my heat because I was yeah wondering if I have been able to, yeah, to set another Swiss record because uh, the track was fast in Roubaix. Now we're in 2022. What events do you have coming up? And do you have any goals for this year? My season will start, it already started uh, two weeks ago in Portugal at the track meeting. Uh, Now I did a... little bit of an endurance block and uh, yeah the real season will start in two or three weeks with some UCI races on the track then I want to yeah to do some road races stage races to to build up my form and then the first big events will be the Glasgow World Cup and the Milton World Cup which is in Canada and then we will have the yeah i hope to to compete again in tour de suisse and in july there are european championships in munich in germany mm. and in october the world championships in paris so mm. these are the yeah the main goals for this yeah. year are you getting a lot of confidence going into the season after such good results at the track champions league at the end of 2021 yeah that was a uh, uh, nice to to end the uh, 2021 seasons that way i was really tired after a long season with the uh, champions league and i was really happy that i i could uh, yeah finish a season like this with a win in london <laughs> which is always great. What did you think of the uh, Track Champions League format? I think it's a very interesting format. Uh, For the riders, sometimes a little bit stressful because Mm -hmm. all the the traveling, because uh, I think you make yourself a lot of pressure if you know know you're, you're traveling to Lithuania or to London for just two short races. So uh, 
it's also a lot of question going on, but uh, I find it very interesting mm. uh, for for the TV. And I think uh, also people who are not always follow track cycling can watch and understand this format because scratch and elimination race are yeah, one of the two easiest disciplines to uh, understand and I think uh, this is really good for TV and I hope that this format will continue this year and that I will part of it again. I watched some of the uh, races and it was really good how it was shown on TV and it looked like a really great atmosphere in all of the um, bird rooms. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? I I am really motivated to uh, to coach uh, after my active career. I could really imagine to give my experience I, I could make over the last 10, 15 years to the younger riders. Uh, mm. This would be a dream for me. And already now, I always uh, speak a lot to the young riders uh, in the team, and I like to to give feedbacks within the team pursuit squad. And yeah, I I really uh, live for track cycling, so uh, this would definitely be a dream after my uh, active career. I think it would be great for young riders to have a coach with so much experience and great results on the track. I would definitely enjoy it. <laughs> What's your favourite event on the track? I think it's nothing about uh, uh, a cool team pursuit when all the four riders are, are in top shape and the spirit is, is good within the team. And uh, to, to feel the atmosphere before a, a final, yeah, sometimes you, you hate it before a race, but then once you're in the race you, and you're really going for it, that, yeah, you cannot describe this feeling, but I really like it. <laughs> What's your favorite race you've ever done? Hard to pick one, but the, uh, all all the big events with a lot of crowd I, I really like like this like for example the the Champions League in London um, I for sure watched uh, watched it 10 times on YouTube and I got goosebumps so yeah I really I really live for moments like this and that's mm. also the moments which yeah makes you going in, in harder times and you can take motivation out from it. What's your favorite track to race on and why? I really like the track in Manchester. I I don't know if it's because it's a fast one, but uh, uh, already at my first World Cup in 2009, it was a special feeling to to ride on on this track in Manchester and uh, yeah it's 
just feels good <laughs> better than the track that we have we have in in, in switzerland <laughs> but sometimes it's 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 good to train on the not so fast track and you always have the impression that you're flying when you come on a fast track <laughs> is there a race that you would like to do that you haven't done yet definitely the, the olympics is there a velodrome that you would like to ride in that you haven't ridden in yet yes i have never ridden on the track in moscow in russia there is a 333 indoor wooden track mm. and uh, yeah i would like to experience this one <laughs> where's your favorite place to ride for fun I really like to ride in the Alps of Switzerland. Even if I'm not a, a climber, I really enjoy to, to climb up all the alpine passes and to have a good downhill as well. So I, I really enjoy to do like big loops with three or four alpine passes and that's really cool. Who's your favorite current rider? My favorite rider, uh, he stopped his career in London. <laughs> it's Ed Clancy. <laughs> uh, I always looked up to him uh, since, since my first World Cup. He was, yeah, he's such a big champion and he was always really friendly to me. He's down to earth and uh, really, really nice person. Mm. So if, if I had to pick one favorite rider, it would be him. Who's your favorite rider of all time? Ooh, that's, a, that's a tough one. <laughs> I just started cycling with 15 years, so it's, <laughs> I don't really have a, yeah, a childhood. I don't idle in, in cycling. Uh, but I'm inspired by a lot of of uh, riders which have achieved uh, a lot of of success what's your advice for young riders uh, always keep it fun so don't go too early with training programs and yeah. Yeah, just just enjoy and being out on a bike and I think uh, you you with if you enjoy something you can achieve more than when you always do something to a plan. You've got five minutes before you head down to the start of a race. What's on your playlist to get you motivated? Uh, these are all songs I listened to when I was uh, back in in school. It's like uh, yeah, some forty one, blink one eighty two, music like this. Really, really old school. But once I started uh, listening to to this music before before a race, and yeah, it's like five or six years ago. And since then, I always uh, warm up with the same playlist. Sounds boring, but uh, it's. It's my ritual. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today, Claudio. Thank you too. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
Let me know your feedback and please share the podcast with your friends and family. See you on the bike.